Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Psalm 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. This is Nathan Harper, not Bert Harper, but uh, it's one of the other Harpers, I guess. And so we're glad you're listening to Exploring Missions today. And we have a special guest in studio with us. His name is Terrence Cummings. Terrence, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me today. So today on Exploring Missions, we're going to talk about how missions intersects uh, with music, specifically worship uh, and leading worship in uh, local churches. And Terrence is uh, another PK, just like myself, a pastor's kid. So we might even talk a little bit about that, uh, do a little uh, PK therapy on air here. But uh, let me finish reading uh, a little bit of the text in Psalm 34. Uh, this this chapter of Psalm is is really is loaded with a lot of uh, truth from God. Um, and so I just want to read a little bit for you. So I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. And it goes on just to talk about how the goodness, what the goodness of the Lord is like, and uh, that God's heart is turn towards those who are, who are down and out, who are brokenhearted. But it starts with praise. And if you think about it, missions uh, and mission work is all about praise. Praise is actually, you know, not for God. You know, God doesn't need our praise. He doesn't need anything. He's not lacking in any way. Um, yet we were created to praise God. So who is praise for? Well, in some ways it's for us. We need to praise God. That's why we were created. But ultimately, praise is really for those who have not yet heard how good God is. And our praise should be public. Our praise should be done in a way that brings glory to God, that others will hear, hear of him, and want to follow him, uh, that they can taste and see that the Lord is good just like we have. And that's Amen. what praise is about. Um, so Terrence um, is, is, was in here. He, he actually brought—you brought your saxophone. Oh, yeah. And he was just giving us a little taste of, of what that sounds like. And as he was playing, it was funny. Everybody started looking in the studio and seeing what this music uh, this music was about. Just like music kind of attracts people. It does. Uh, praise of God, whether it's in music form or just in verbal form, praise should be attracting to, to those that don't know Jesus. Uh, they should see our lives as a praise instrument right. and want to give praise to the Lord as well. Well, I know coming up, you know, in church, I could remember um, different forms of praise mm -hmm. in church. And I knew from the very top 
that music was going to be my lane. Okay. I used to make paper saxophones. I would take paper, fold it up, put three dots at the top, three dots in the bottom, fold them up, and put them and play them. And then when they got real wet, (laughs) I throw it away and do another one. But I knew that was my form of giving praise and worship to the Mm -hmm. Lord was through music. It was just something that called me. It still calls me. Um, something that I love. You know that. You've known me a long time. Yeah. Um, music is just my lane. And that was my way to say, you know, Lord, I thank you for what you've given me. This is how I give it back to you by showing how I, you know, play and what I do and have done things in, in ministry over the years. So it's it's just one form of praise as we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Terrence and I grew up in the same town here in Tupelo, Mississippi together. Ah, yeah. And um, we actually we tried out sports that we we were seeing if that was our lane, but we quickly realized that's probably not where God. Well, I knew sports was just something that I did. You know, my father was was actually the athlete. Okay. And um, it's it's kind of funny. My boys are now uh, one of my sons. He's going into that. So my grandfather was a musician. My dad was an athlete. I'm a musician. So my son is okay. It's, it's yeah, every other generation. Yeah. So it's go. just kind of jumping. So I guess <laughs> that's, that's the way it works. Well, um, tell us a little bit about um, let's let's talk about being a, a a pastor's kid, and we don't want to take the whole time doing that because we could. But um, oh yeah, tell us a little bit about your parents, what they do, and 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 then how you kind of grew up in that, and and then we'll talk about more about what you're doing now. Okay, um, my parents are Bishop TC and Doctor Pam Cummings. Uh, my dad is originally from Tupelo. My mom is from Toledo, Ohio. Okay, they met in college uh, at Miracle Valley. Bible school in Arizona. Wow. Um, and um, got married. And at a time, they were going to live in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But then God, God led my dad back home, and he started a church here, uh, Faith Open Charity, in 1975. Okay. Um, so um, we, uh, it was initially me and my sister, and then years later, my brother came. So it was me and Tisha, which, you know, my mm-hmm. sister, uh, who were in church, and I, you really don't realize how things kind of go when you're little, how people treat you or look at you, right. or, you know, until you get a little older. Right. But it takes a while to figure it out. Yeah. But, oh, just, I'm different somehow. <laughs> I'm, I know I am. I know people are approaching me a little different, but the thing that um, I never have been at a point to where I felt like I was on a pedestal, mm. but I never felt like I was on a point where people just kind of, diss me because I was a BK. Now, my sister might not have the same testimony, okay. and my brother definitely didn't because by the I'm nine years older than him, so by the time he came, uh, life was a lot yeah, totally different. You know, the, the ministry was more established, mm-hmm. and, and it was, you know, if you got that much time in, you basically know how to move in and out and how to deal with people and how to deal with situations a lot better than it was when we were you know, little. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you do have those people who treated, who might have treated you with a, um, uh, you should do this or you should do that because you're the pastor's yeah, son. have higher expectations. Oh, yeah. Do you ever have a teacher in school, like, treat you with higher expectations than everybody else in the class? Well, it was funny, Nathan. I had the thing, I, I think I had an, I took it as an advantage mm. because people knew my parents. Now, sometimes it was good, sometimes it yeah, wasn't. Yeah. Now, I know 
I don't want to call out any names, but I got a couple teachers in mind who uh, they were real tough on me because my dad was a pastor. Yeah. And it was like, I'm going to tell Reverend Cummins what you doing out exactly. here in the halls, <laughs> Pierce Street. And I was like, oh, man. Uh, but as I got older and people were, you know, and I, you know, I was pretty much uh, a church boy and I, I wasn't into anything. I, I really just wanted to do music and mm. hang out with my friends. That's just the way we were. Yeah. Uh, and people knew who we came, you know, you know, your, your parents are pastors and, oh, I know your, your dad. And, and it kind of gave you a little, they kind of mm. gave you a little leeway. Yeah. There are some advantages it. Yeah. To it. I had some good, I, I will say I had better experiences than I would have negative experiences. That's good. That's great. It's it's interesting just how God has a, like you talked about earlier, you have a lane that you're supposed to travel mm-hmm. in. For you, it's it's been music. Uh, but even growing up in the family that, that God places you in, it's for his purposes, for things down the road that you might not see when you're younger, and they start kind of playing out as you get right, older. Right, right. Um, so you're still very... Um, very much a part of your parents' ministry and the mm-hmm. ministry at the church, mm-hmm. um, and it combines music. So tell us a little bit about what, what, what that looks like. Well, over the years, things have evolved. Uh, initially, you're going to church to play, and I knew when I was younger it was an opportunity to play. As you get older and your parents start to mold you into, we need help with these things. Mm-hmm. So it's you start working with the youth ministry. You start... Uh, working with the outreach program. You start working with the, um, um, well, you basically start working with anything they had available. <laughs> where where the biggest need yeah. is. Yeah. Take out the garbage, uh, clean, mow the grass. I mean, we did. There's nothing in ministry I have not done. Mm. But over the years, it's definitely evolved as I've gotten older. Um, we, we've gotten into more of media ministry. We've gotten into, uh, and then I've taken my ministry personally as a musician and have redirected it into uh, where we're working with more musicians. Uh, and actually this idea came from my mother. Mm. Uh, we were driving down West Main and uh, I was, I was out of school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And she, she said, why don't you start a music studio? I was like, I don't want to do a recording studio. I don't like pressing buttons. And I'm kind of, Little ADD, you know, yeah. I just like, I, yeah. I got can't too sit. much energy. Yeah, just I just there. can't do yeah. that. I ain't going to sit in there and do that. So she was like, no, no, no. I'm talking about, you know, where you can teach. So we started teaching lessons. Um, Nick Murphy came in. Um, uh, uh, Mickey Murphy, who was our principal, his mm-hmm. son. He came in and I had a couple of guys from the church come in. We started doing that. Well, 85% of my business came from the church. Okay. Uh, it was people who... Wanted to learn. So is that there was that much interest in, in one local church? It was. It was just, it was, well, it was coming from different people from the church. They would, They knew that we had the school and they would come. Okay. And and then and then it, it changed. It went to where we were getting band students. A lot of band students were coming. And then 08 and 09 came and it fell off the cliff. Oh, okay. <laughs> and ministry changed totally. Yeah. So um, that was a good time for me. I had to reflect. I had gotten married. I had a kid. I had got a home. It was like all those things had happened at one, you know, mm-hmm. in a span of maybe 24 months. It was just a lot going on, uh, which wasn't negative, but it was just the way it was. 
And my ministry, I started to look at what I was doing, you know, um, how I was conducting myself. Is I didn't just want to be a musician and I didn't just want to teach lessons. I wanted to, I had mentors over the years from different churches and from, you know, the school who helped me. And I thought about that and I was like, there's an opportunity here to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into where I started talking to other pastors and ministers of music and found that there was a need and there's still a huge need that we're not even, we're not even touching the surface. Even in Tupelo, North Mississippi, I'll say North Mississippi, we're not touching uh, the impact that it should be. So it led me to start a gospel academy. That's what I call now, before it. you get into that, let's just talk about that for a second, because we want to relate everything kind of that we're talking about to to missions in general. Um, you might not you might be listening and you're not a musician. So you're thinking, what does this have to do with me? But God has a, a lane for you to run right. in and you seeing a need, whether locally or maybe internationally or just wherever you see that need. In many ways, that's God's invitation for you to jump in and and get involved and do what it is he's gifted you to do, mm-hmm. to bring praise to the Lord. And so um, for you, is it was a need to, that you saw there's a gap, there's a lack of musicianship in the church. It is. Um, even just leading worship. Well, it wasn't so much of someone knowing how to play or somebody knowing how to sing. I mean, there's a lot of people that can do that. It's about knowing how to usher in the power of God and knowing how to do it effectively. Mm. That's where my my mother is. She was the musician who led us. This is how me and my brother and my sister got into music. She was the musician. And there was a certain level of excellence. If you know Dr. P, there's a certain level of excellence you're going to bring to the table. And if you're not, she ain't trying to hear it. (laughs) So that push pushed me to raise the bar of what was going on. Plus, it was more of a, you know, everybody knows my nickname. And she would tell me, you know, Binky, it's just not playing. This is a ministry. She would tell me that. When I was younger, I was like, okay. But as I got older, you know, you would you 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 heard those things and you're like and you start to pray and you start to really seek the Lord of what you know, God, what are, why do you have me here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And it was a direction that led me to say uh, to see where ministry needed. I, maybe I wasn't the guy who's going to be, you know, preaching, preaching. Right. But maybe this was the way that I was going to be able to help the body of Christ. Mm. And yeah. I took it. And it, it and it's still growing. It's still, you know, God's still opening my eyes to see the openings of what it is, mm. uh, of more of what it is. I think it's just what I'm supposed to be doing. So you saw the need here, and, and you're probably uh, um, well acquainted with the way, you know, the church culture and the way things are here in North mm-hmm. Mississippi. Uh, but I'll tell you, there is a lack of, musicianship, we'll just put it this way, there's a lack of excellence in worship, in leading worship, leading God's people to worship mm-hmm. in an excellent way. There's a lack of that all over this country. Well, I, I know, I have a friend, uh, Joshua Long, and he's praise and worship leader at a church that um, in Australia. Mm. 
the uh, they had headquarters here in in Atlanta. Um, I can't uh, I can't recall his pastor's name. I mentioned the the program um, that we're doing as far as working with youth Mm -hmm. in order to go back to the church. And he was saying, he said, man, we need this in Australia. Even in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, and my pastor wants to put churches across the globe. We need help in that area. Have you ever thought about expanding it? And and it really, it really just kind of hits you like, so you mean to, I mean, I mean, this guy has 20,000 members and he's, you know, he's the praise and worship leader saying, well, you know, we need, Something like this, it really lets you know the the magnitude of what's going on yeah. and yeah. where ministry uh, needs help. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. I, I just want to be one uh, one to be a vessel to be used to you know to help. Well, that's what God you know requires of all of us, and that's what that's all it takes. You know, right? That availability, and He can take the rest. But go back to so you talked with your mom, and you were praying and reflecting, and you said the academy started out of that. Tell us about that. Well. She gave me the idea of starting a studio here in town, and um, Music Masters has evolved um, so much. My uh, my mentor in, in in the marketing business, Dan Kennedy, says if, if your business is the same way five years is is you know five years from now that it was five years ago, then you, you you're dead. Yeah, that's that's how my golf game. Went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I quit playing golf. So I knew it couldn't be the same. And it's changed, it really has changed year from year. We've had to, uh, you know, adapt to different things. The lane that it's in now is more of a being a uh, catalyst for change for musicians in their local ministries. Because if you can put an impact, I know I can name several uh, guys, um, One's a pastor here in, 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 in the area. I can name about three or four guys that mentored me over the years. Their impact, that was in the 80s and 90s. I don't want to give away my age. But <laughs> the, in the 80s, 80s was a great time. Yes, though. it was. It was <laughs> awesome. They mentored me, and I said, you know, the things that from my mom to those guys who mentored me are still inside of me where I'm, you know, I'm still using. So, the legacy part of helping another group who can pass it forward and pass it forward, then that means it's it's uh it's never ending if somebody's giving. And that's yeah. the point that I wanted uh as I've matured because when I started music masters I was in my twenties. Well now I'm in my early forties. So I'm totally thinking on a different playing field of how do we establish uh ministry through music that would sustain not only musicians, but it would sustain developing a quality musician who was there to work for their ministry, support their ministry in excellence. Yeah, awesome. What you're really talking about is discipling, discipleship, that whole process. Of, um, I think you said something about it, it keeps growing as long as you keep giving. Right. And, uh, and yeah, that's what we're talking about. So it's called Music. Masters Academy? Music Masters Academy. Um, Is there like a contact uh, website or anything like that? We, uh, I do a lot of my stuff on social media. It's just easy. Yeah. Uh, you can look up Music Masters Academy on Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter, um, and Pinterest. Uh, the thing that we try to show is a lot of our students who are 
learning and where they are now. Because over the years, I did a count over the over the years, and I think we taught 516 students wow. over the years. And, you know, that's an that's an accomplishment oh, to yeah. me. That's incredible. Uh, um, and then we have people who are who are still working in ministry that learned as um, as kids, mm. and now they're 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 married. Uh, actually, one of the drummers, I play for two two churches other than my home church, and one of the drummers at the other church is a student of mine. Okay, so you know it's it's like you're seeing. Yeah, there's fruit. Yeah, your investment with 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 people that you've worked with. So, um, so currently, right now, let's say someone's listening here locally in Mississippi, um, and there might be people listening other places, and they think this is a this is an area of need in my community in this area where I am at. Maybe your your this Music Masters Academy could even be a model for what they want to do. Well, that that. That's uh, a part of what I'd say evolution. Uh, I've written out a program where uh, we want to establish chapters mm. across, you know, the country where uh, people can go in and have a blueprint of how to do it. Okay. And and uh, my parents and my wife call me a pack rat. But anyway, I, <laughs> I keep a lot of stuff. I actually have a notebook from Martin Luther King, Green Street, 1986. Oh, I still wow. have it. Uh, so, yeah, I am kind of a pack rat, but, you know, I keep stuff neat. Anyway, <laughs> I've written and kept notes of things, even from vision statements that I wanted, certain things. I have a notebook that I, I, I in 1998 that I wrote about because I, I didn't start Music Masters until 2001. But in 1998, I wrote about it mm. and I have detailed uh, information. So this is something that I want to start giving to musicians around the world hmm. in order for them to have chapters of just saying uh, they don't have to go through 16 years right. of what I did yeah. or more really is more than that, but they can learn and there's a blueprint. So if, but if you're here in Tupelo and you want to contact me, it's uh, my number is 662-397-1632. And um, my phone is, is always on. I might not get you if I'm in a country church or something, <laughs> like somebody tried to come. But anyway, uh, you can always reach me, text, voicemail, um, Facebook Messenger, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever. I'm always available. So we're talking with Terrence Cummings, and he's uh, the founder, director, all the other titles of Music Masters Academy. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, if if there's a what what do you do when you like you meet a child or maybe a parent and they say my child has a little bit of interest in music, but I as a parent I can't help them in this. What um, what, what kind of there's a program you have going on locally? We have a um, we used to do this only during the summer where we had a camp where they came in and they were introduced to instruments. Well, there was a, an increased demand on um, from either youth ministers, ministers of music, or pastors who say, I have musicians, um, and they're not so good, or yeah. they need a little help. <laughs> and uh, could you help them, Brother Cummins? I was like, yeah, this is what we do. So we, what we do is we bring them in. The first couple of weeks are our music amplitude uh, uh, evaluations, okay. where we just kind of see where they're at. Um, we teach both ways. We teach how to play by ear, and we teach you how to read music. Okay, I can do both. 
All of the teachers can do both. It puts musicians in some situations. You're taking a key. Some situations you have written music. So we want our musicians to be prepared either way. Right. They can play in any situation. So the way I did it was we, we bring them in, we test them out, and then we set up a curriculum based on what the student needs to know and what the student wants to know. Because if you get a kid in there or you get someone in there and you give them all this foundational stuff and they hate it, you're going to lose them. Yeah. So you got to give them something that they want to know. But you got to give them something that they need to know, too. It's really interesting to hear. Um, And I'm speaking from someone without very little musical ability, Uh, (laughs) although I can greatly appreciate good music. Um, And so it's it i've been we've all been and even you listening you've you've been in situations maybe in church in a worship service and excellence is the last thing that you would use to describe you know what you right. what you've been in um maybe you're in a place where everybody's doing the best they can mm-hmm. um but there's just like that lack of training right um, I, I think that um if you're trying that's one thing but I think sometimes we get to the point to where we're saying, well, we're giving God our best. and um, Or it's a, it's a situation where we deal with a lot of volunteers. And so it's a mindset type thing. But to me, uh, you gotta first you got to love what you're doing. I don't care if I ever got a dime. I would play my horn. It didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I did it forever anyway. So <laughs> I would play. I would I will play today all day. It's just not a problem for me. And especially if I'm with my, my guys, I will play all day. That's just me because I love it. Yeah, It's a part of me. It's it's just like my right hand. It's a part of me. If you have a love for what you're doing, it's easy to be in ministry. The second part was I remember young, when I was younger, and we would go to these churches, and guys, you'd say, what key you in? And the guy would say, I don't know. I'm just picking and and even as a young guy, I was like, I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I actually want to know what I'm doing or I can tell someone. Yeah. Uh, my brother had to leave Sunday to go to work. And I had one of my uh, I have a network of musicians. He came and had a guy come in and he didn't know the changes that we were doing. And I could tell him if I didn't have a knowledge of music, not only for my horn, but for, you know, voice to keyboards, to drums, to horns. Uh, I couldn't tell him anything, and we'd just be really messed up. So you got to have a love, and then you got to get your knowledge. I think if you put those passion with the knowledge, you can create a sustainable, strong worship and praise team. That's awesome. You know, we're talking about really more than just music here. Oh, yeah. And uh, that applies to every area of life. Um, You want to be... um, you want to be what God has created you to be, uh, your very best at it, right. so that you can leave that legacy, so that you can pass it on to others, uh, that passion and that knowledge, as you mentioned. And, you know, one without the other is going to be empty of what God really has there. Man. And, uh, you know, I, I believe, and I'll call you Binky because that's all oh, that's I've right. known you as, you know, God created you, man. To play that saxophone. Oh, yeah. You know, that's not all, but that's a great part of it. It is. And those of you that are listening, God created you for passion and to grow in knowledge. Ultimately, 
to grow in passion and knowledge for Him so that you might share His message around the world.